You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. Bonjour, je m'appelle Brandon. <laughs> I almost didn't. I almost didn't do it. AK, I have. AKA <laughs> DJ looking for a new co-host. <laughs> And you're listening to Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take a look at some of your favorite movies. I, I hate you so much, man. I hate you so much. We had such a good plan going into this podcast. <laughs> the vibes were so good and you sabotaged you just it. just stopped everything. Oh, man. Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take a look at your favorite movies from the 1990s to the mid-2000s. And we, uh, we body slam them to the ground. We kick them a little bit while they're down and then we look at you and say pick this mess up roundhouse kick today we are doing a new episode from the early 2000s 2001 i believe correct that's correct we're doing 2001's action adventure sci-fi jurassic park trois not jurassic park not de trois so, this movie has a 5.9 on IMDb and a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. A 50% on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. isn't that shocking? Now, when we think of Jurassic Park 3, this is the movie that everybody loves. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure opposite. that this is the one that's on IMDb's top 250, the one that people reference, the one that people care about. No, it's the opposite, actually, Brandon. Oh, well, interestingly enough that you said that, you set it up for me, Jurassic Park... 1993 has a 93 in comparison on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.1 on IMDb, and even the Lost World Jurassic Park from 1997 has a 53 percent, only three percent higher than this one. Isn't that weird? But the question I want to know, Brandon, and I don't know if you have it on your little cheat sheet there, Jurassic World. So Jurassic World, however, uh, which by the way I think was the second highest grossing film of 2015 behind Star Wars. Uh, Force Awakens, that movie has a 7.0 on IMDb, and a, uh, again, you're looking at me a little strange, you got a scowl on your face there, I'm wondering, you don't like Jurassic World, do I you? I hate Jurassic World, oh, and I feel like come two on, minutes man. into the podcast, we're getting people tuning out, be- but I hate Jurassic World. It's got World. a 71% on uh, oh, Rotten Tomatoes. So undeserved, I hate that okay, movie come, so calm much. Calm down, alright? No, I'm now, not gonna calm down, you know, I'm We'll get to this up. at the very end, because I honestly want to know you're genuine, and you can't just, you know, hate on it to hate on it. Genuine opinion, which film is better, Jurassic Park 3 or Jurassic World? I want to know your opinion by the end of this movie. Okay. Uh, Jurassic World, dude, I thought it was just a a fun, you know, blockbuster. Like, I I don't know. I I don't see why so many people were offended by it. I, you know, there's there's so many things that I have wrong with Jurassic World, and we will touch on those later. Um, maybe even do a spinoff episode on it. We'll see. Oh, man. But, anyway. it is a point of contention in my life with a lot it, of people that is. I love. Again, I just don't, like, again, I don't think it's a great movie, but it was just, you know, whatever. It was just, a, you know, an action blockbuster that I could eat some popcorn to. But so Jurassic Park 3, obviously, just kind of rounding out what was supposed to be a Jurassic Park trilogy. Absolutely. Pretty bad movie. That's the one that's uh, everybody's Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I I don't know if it's as egregious as that, but it was the first one not directed by Steven Spielberg. It was taken over by Joe Johnston, who we actually talked about in a recent episode on Small Soldiers. Yep, he also directed that movie. Um, Oh, he's doing so well. (laughs) uh, So this movie cost ninety three million dollars to make, made one hundred eighty one in the U S. and three hundred and sixty eight worldwide. Was a pretty big hit in two thousand one. However, it was only the ninth of the year here's a little taste of 2001 my friend so number one harry potter the first one okay. first lord of the rings wow shrek okay these are these are the game-changing movies 
Then we get to Monsters, Inc., <laughs> Rush Hour 2, <laughs> The Mummy Returns, oh my God. Pearl Harbor, <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, and then this. But guess what? This was num- uh, right uh, in front of, rather, the Planet of the Apes remake. Marky Mark. Oh, God, yeah. Say hello to your monkey for me. So, like, the first, like, five movies in that list are, are really good, and then it just kind of, like, tapers off a little bit. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so Jurassic Park 3, I feel, fits right in with those last couple there. But uh, let's get into it. Sam Neill returns from the first one. He was absent from the second one. And Jeff Goldblum was actually asked, was not asked to come back. Which is crazy. What I mean, you had him in the first two movies. Why wouldn't you just have him? Why don't you try making one? pancakes without flour? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why would you take out the main ingredient? Right. You might as well not even have a movie about dinosaurs. I know. I, it's a terrible mistake. If you replace uh, Alan Grant's, by the way, we've had so many Alans, but Alan Grant's like sidekick Billy, like with Jeff Goldblum, this movie's great. So good. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Um, really quick before we kind of dive into the plot or what we can decipher of the plot of this movie. Uh, when Jurassic Park 3 came out, and I guess this is kind of just a question on your whole your whole view of Jurassic Park in general, but were you excited when Jurassic so Park 3 was coming pop, out? Dude. Oh, I was so excited. So excited. Like, this was one of the few movies that... Uh, I saw Jurassic Park. It was too young to see it when it first came out in theaters. I would have been like two or three at the time. Yeah, Once it hit VHS, that was, again, one of those movies I watched incessantly. All the time, All right? the time. And it, it like freaked me out, especially that opening scene where it's all like in the dark and you, don't, you can't see the raptor, but it's attacking the guy. Like Jurassic Park, the first film, has had a huge impact on my childhood. And we're not going to do it for a nostalgia be damned because it's a great fucking movie. There's no sense in trying to nitpick it. Yeah, we, that would be a waste of our time. But, I, I mean, if you look at my collection of movies... When I was a kid, two of the movies that got played the most off my VHS shelf were Jurassic Park and The Land Before Time. I was dinosaur obsessed. Yep, me too. As a child, I think every kid was. They are. There were. I mean, there was something about them, and I didn't know if it was Jurassic Park's fault or that was just what you know the fascinating thing that was happening at the time. But dinosaurs were the rage. They were the coolest thing, dude. It was dinosaurs, sharks, and killer whales for mm-hmm. me as a kid, and I loved Jaws, Free Willy, and Jurassic Park, and those were my three go tos all the time. I mean, my favorite thing about the Power Rangers were that they turned into dinosaurs. A lot of them turned into dinosaurs. It was incredible. Makes some sense. But so that's why uh, Jurassic Park 3, when it comes out, by this point, you and me, at least, are a little older. Yeah. Um, And we can kind of look at movies like this objectively. And this was the first time we watched a movie like this that really just kind of disappointed. Well, for me, for me, I will say... When I first saw this, it uh, it was one of the few movies that I was actually actively anticipating. Like, I saw the previews, and at that point, I was, I think, 10 or 11 years old, mm-hmm. and, like, I, I got it. I understood why people would hype over movies, because at first, you don't really even understand, like, you know, when you're first coming up into watching movies and whatnot, but once you have, like, the memories of watching Jurassic Park, and even the second one, I loved the second one a lot, even though it was a lot longer and more bloated and, and didn't seem as, like, action-heavy as the first one. I like it. Which, in retrospect, like is actually more, there's more action in that one, but yeah. this one seemed like, let's take all of the intelligent, like, uh, thoughtful introspection about what science uh, can do and w- the implications of what we're doing, you know, as humankind, what we shouldn't be meddling with and whatnot. Let's throw all of that out the window and just make a big budget monster movie. Well, so this might be a question for you. Did Michael Crichton, the the author of the novel Jurassic Park, did Michael Crichton have any say in this third movie? So, no, there are, there are only two books. And yeah. I, apparently this movie is cobbled together from scenes from those previous two books. So those, some of the scenes are written um, that are fairly similar, but for the most part... I, 
it was not completed. They actually didn't ever have a finished draft of a script completed while they were shooting the movie. In my research, I found that they were kind of <laughs> flying by the seat of the pants. So this is the first movie, I, and it kind of goes along with what you were saying, that I just felt like it didn't have that sci-fi direction. The first movie was thought-provoking. It yeah. talked about, should we be doing this? Should we be cloning animals that nature has deemed uh, they need, it needs to wipe out? Mm-hmm. Um, the second one should we leave these animals alone you know yep. this third one what the hell was the point of this movie yeah there's really no there's no meaning or or metaphor that they're dealing with it's very straightforward on the there's nose no, there's no science to nope, it no nope. there's no uh conservationalism to it it's just hey we need some money let's make a movie about dinosaurs jurassic park 3 so here's what blew my mind um it seemed as though in 1998, when Godzilla came out, those guys, the directors of those, were trying to cash in on Jurassic Park, and they were trying to make a Jurassic Park movie, but, but what they made was just this really dumb, unintelligent, uh, you know, monster movie. And then it seems like, rather than go the direction of the first Jurassic Park, and even the second to some degree, they go that route. Like, this seems more like it's made by the filmmakers of Godzilla, that 1998 terrible one. Than it does Steven Spielberg or anyone. And he was an executive producer on this, which basically means I guess he showed up one day on set and said, good to go. I I don't think that means really anything. Well, so before we jump into the plot, I I think just to kind of wrap that up, it seems like that the first two movies, they were trying to impress you, but they were also trying to make a good movie. You know, whether or not they were successful, you can argue all day. But it seemed like they were trying to make good movies, but also impress you with special effects. This one, it just felt like people are just going to want to sit in the theater, eat popcorn, and watch giant dinosaurs. And that's all it felt like. But here's what I'll say. As a kid, that's all I wanted. It's what I got. And I love this movie as a kid. Let's go ahead and just start talking about it then. So we get 12-year-old Eric Kirby, who's portrayed by fucking Tommy Tomasino from Sixth Sense. Dude, yeah. you remember this? This little yes. dickhead? He yeah. was also in Barney's Great Adventure, which I remember, and not a lot of other people recall, about a rainbow egg and Bonnie the dinosaur. And this kid was in it. Is that why you were asking? Yes, I was what? asking you, have you seen it? Because I didn't see a lot of Barney growing up. For some reason, I saw this one movie. I watched Barney all the time, but it was I a never, movie. It was never saw the movie. Went to the te- I don't know if it went to theaters or not, but this is a well-documented film. Look it up. We're getting derailed. <laughs> anyway, Tommy Tomasino here. He's parasailing with his... Is this his mom's new boyfriend? I, I thought it was his... Is his dad? His Yeah. His, his biological father. His uncle. Oh, his uncle. I think it was his uncle. Okay. Either yeah. way, they're parasailing off the uh, Isla Sorba, Sorna? Isla Sorna. Isla Sorna, which is the other island. What is this in relation to the first film? Okay, so, and forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, but this is, I'm pretty sure. So the first island, um, I, Isla Nubar, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, that was where Jurassic Park was. That sure. was where the actual building was. Um, or all the buildings, that's where all the events of the first movie took place. That was the park. Isla Sorna is was more of a developmental island. They were cloning the dinosaurs there. They were testing them out in nature. It's a second island that wasn't meant for tourists. It was more meant for research. Okay, because there are a lot of research facilities by this company called iGen, I believe. That InGen. Kind of, InGen, rather. Yes, yeah, so... They're parasailing um, in front of some really terrible green screens, <laughs> um, but they're attached to this boat, and for some reason, 
this in giant giant fog storm comes through whatever they can't see what's happening and the people on the boat are then dead the next second there's blood everywhere which leads me to believe who what dinosaur what creature did this because it has to be the pterodactyls right yeah it has to be the which makes no sense because the pterodactyls if they're free why aren't they flying away from the island and it's we're shown later on that they're in this giant cage so i don't know what attacks them but regardless we don't know how they get out it, so the boat winds up crashing and uh the dad or the uncle rather and this uh, kid wind up parasailing to the island to safety well you technically don't know if there's safety because then it cuts right yeah so then we're introduced or reintroduced rather to sam neill and he you think at the beginning of this that he's always oh, with laura dern the character from the first one that there was this romantic subplot of theirs that you thought would pay off it doesn't she's with some other guy and has a whole family and he's just there like chilling i guess well so we were watching this with someone else who had not seen uh jurassic park three uh the first thing they said when they saw Dr. Alan Grant and Ellie uh, introducing her new husband was they didn't get married after the first movie. Yeah, and like, why? Why Why didn't they? Why did the screenwriters make it this way? You could still have them married and she still plays the part in that the only reason she's in this movie anyway to call later on in the movie. But like, it, it would mean nothing for them to just be together because he has no romantic subplot with anyone else it's not like it's saving that character for any other plot point later on in the movie like why don't just make him married i don't know it it, it, this movie does not try very hard to pay respect to its predecessors i'll agree with that yeah sure but so he's basically telling her about all this research he's been conducting on raptor behavior and whatnot and he's realized that raptors are way smarter than we ever thought they could possibly smarter than dolphins almost smarter than primates yeah exactly that's what he says so it's not a jurassic park movie if people aren't like digging for bones sifting through shit yeah of course uh that's when we're introduced to billy his uh i guess right hand intern or whatever one of his students um they're digging for dinosaur bones and they start talking about uh how once again because the you know in the first movie they talked all about how they didn't have the research or the money to keep funding their research same thing in this movie. They don't have the money to funding their research. And Eden steps out of nowhere like a goddamn hero. William H. Macy. That mustache he's rocking. Yeah, H. Macy comes in with Tay Leone. And they're going to pretty much front the money or give them some money for this expedition that they want to take. They claim to be thrill seekers that they want to uh, get a better look at Isla Sorna. Mm-hmm. And because Alan, I guess, but Alan's never been on this island, right? Yeah, he's never been on the island. Uh, no one, really, except for anybody who worked for InGen, has been on Isla Sorna. Um, it's obviously restricted by the Puerto Rican government. You can't fly over it. You can't uh, go near it without the government's permission. Um, so he's never been on this movie. And, he ju- and the Kirbys just tell him, we just want to fly over it. We have the government's permission it's not a big deal. We just want you to, like, point out dinosaurs and talk to us about them. Yep. And if you do this, we'll give you all the money you need to fund your research. And even though he just said the, there's no force on Earth that will get me to that island, he agrees. Guess what the next he, cut is, guys. He of course. Agrees. He's on this plane. Now, this plane scene is, I would say, iconic. It's a it's a scene that has stuck with me for these years, and it's a scene that I quote and reference often. We've done on, on this podcast. We've quoted it on this podcast. Because it, it is so bizarre, and it comes out of nowhere and means absolutely nothing. I just can't imagine what the filmmakers were thinking, why they put this in there. It's not a jump scare. There's no music associated with it, but to set the scene, Alan's chatting with Billy. They're talking about what they're going to be doing once they get there, or, or 
that he's, you know, his background with Jurassic Park and stuff like that. Eventually, he winds up going to sleep, and uh, when he wakes up, he hears someone talking to him, turns his head, and there's a raptor in the airplane sitting on a seat, and it just looks at him and's like, Alan, Alan. And then he wakes up. And but the, it, why? Why did they do that? So this is I mean, this is such a funny everybody always talks about this is one of the most iconic scenes in Jurassic Park three because it's so dumb. The only logical conclusion I can come to it is that he's got some post traumatic stress from <laughs> The first Jurassic Park movie. It's the only explanation I, I know, can come up with. I know. Other than that, it's so dumb. It's, it's so, so dumb. dumb. Imagine like Sheriff Brody a year after the events of Jaws just sitting at his table and like turning around and there's a shark <laughs> in a fucking chair and it's just like, Brody. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's that bad. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's, but uh, anyway, so they're getting close to it and uh, – Alan starts to realize that they're planning on landing here, and he starts freaking out because this is not a part of his job. Does he get punched out cold? Yeah, someone knocks him out, I think, with the barrel of a gun or That's something. That's right, because we're also introduced to this ragtag group of like mercenaries, technically, yeah. who are there uh, to escort them on this mission. One of them is played by Michael Jeter, who was also in last week's episode of Mouse Hunt. That's true. Good to see him back. So they land on the island, and uh, she immediately starts screaming on this goddamn megaphone, and it's like, no one, <laughs> no one understands where they are or what's happening because there are dinosaurs on this island he's immediately screaming dr alan Gray, like don't do that like, yeah. stop yelling do on that not megaphone. stop stop yelling and they she's like why should i stop yelling or something like, or dr grant says it's a bad idea and she's like what's what? a bad idea and all of a sudden you just hear this loud dinosaur roar yep and this is finally, I, you know, they, they don't waste too much time, but I could say this has got to be about 20 minutes into the movie before we see our first dinosaur somewhere I'd, around I'd there. I'd say maybe around 10, 15 Maybe minutes, 15, yeah. maybe closer to 15, yeah. So uh, it's the Spinosaurus. So it runs out, grabs one guy who doesn't even attempt to run away. <laughs> he's just kind of chilling no, in the runway just... there. And uh, the plane hits off the this spine of this Saurus. <laughs> listen, listen, they're on oh all gems. God. But listen, what angered me as a kid is I love the T-Rex. The T-Rex was my favorite part of this. Oh, yeah. And it's barely in this movie. It's in like one scene, one scene. And it gets killed by this new dinosaur that they tried to peg as like the, you know, the cool new thing, which is the Spinosaurus. Did they mention this isn't genetically modified or anything? Right? No, the Spinosaurus, um, because I'm a nerd and I've actually gone and done research on some of the things it's in real. Jurassic Park. That's a real dinosaur. And okay. it was way bigger than the t-rex it was ferocious um and it was just it was an enormous animal but it wasn't genetically modified it was just a dinosaur that actually existed and they just brought it in for the third movie okay so uh, the plane crashes off half of its body winds up like ricocheting off into the forest and uh surprisingly no one dies but the plane winds up getting ripped in half and this racist spinosaurus picks the one black guy out of six people to eat first had all of three lines all he did was knock out uh, Dr. Alan Grant, yeah. and then gets eaten. There's literally six people all within biting's reach, and it's you gotta pick the black one. Racist-ass dinosaur. Terrible racist dinosaur. So once they wind up escaping this, there's this whole scene where they run into a T-Rex, or they run into this body of a decomposing dinosaur that a T-Rex has been munching on. They look up, and the T-Rex is staring at them. He says, don't run. Of course they do. And then we get what, as a kid, was my favorite scene in this movie, which comes far too early, and it's a fight between a T-Rex and a Spinosaurus. Far too early and far too short. If you watch it, it only lasts like 45 seconds. Yeah, it's very short, and I think that's because so much CGI must have gone into this, because 
what we will say and what you were mentioning Jurassic World does none of, there's a lot of puppeteer work in this movie. Mm-hmm. And some of it's fairly decent. Some of it is just lit too much. Like Jurassic yeah. Park, Jurassic Park works a lot. Those, those, uh, those puppets work because they're all in dark shadow and, 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 yeah. and, or they're wet and like Steven Spielberg knows how to shoot it. This director just puts them all right in the light and they look really fake. It's just, I mean, yeah, it's hard it, to get around, but I kind of like it. I still like it more than the CG. I, and that's one of my biggest complaints that I tell people about Jurassic World is that I miss the puppets and the, the puppets, while if you mess it up, can take you out of the movie a little bit. It looks way better and more realistic than CGI, and especially if you don't put the effort into the CGI, which I think this movie does an okay job at CGI dinosaurs. Um, maybe not CGI anything else, but... It, yeah. But So I appreciated the attempted use of puppets, but you're right, they don't do a good job with it, and it kind of takes you out a little bit. Yeah, and a lot of the CG does too. It's, a lot of this fight actually looks pretty terrible, but... Either way, it's kind of cool. He breaks his neck, breaks the T-Rex's neck. And um, so at that point, you're like, holy shit, this thing killed, you know, the, the biggest baddie from the last two it's movies. Badass you know, dinosaur. Within 25 minutes of this movie, this guy must be, you know, hard to kill. Yeah. So according to an interview with William H. Macy, uh, the film's animatronic Spinosaurus had a 1,000 horsepower motor. And the creature could turn its head at twice the force of gravity, with the tip of its nose moving at a speed of more than 100 miles per hour. If that's true, you don't see it in the movie because it's such a lumbering, slow piece of shit. (laughs) I mean, that's a badass puppet. Yeah, yeah. It weighed 12 tons and was operated by hydraulics, uh, which allowed it to be completely submerged in water. Wow. Kind of cool. That is pretty cool. They don't make them like that anymore. So just to move it along, um, they escaped the Spinosaurus because he's now eating the T-Rex. And Dr. Alan Grant, he wants answers. So, yeah, there's a good little punch transition, like a... And then William H. Macy hits the tree. So he demands, you know, what the hell's going on? Tell me the truth. So it turns out these are the two parents of Eric Kirby. And the real reason they've come here is because their son went missing on that parasailing trip. The government has refused to help them. The U.S. Embassy has refused to help them. Um, So they just... They hired someone that they thought had been on that island, and Dr. Alan Grant says, no, I've never been on this island. I don't know what this place is. And typical of early 2000s relationships, they're divorced. Oh, yeah, they're divorced parents. But they might fall in love by the end of this film again. Oh, let's see. Maybe. Stay tuned. But also, why... He's a doctor. It's Alan Grant. Why did no one look into Kirby Enterprises? Not a single Google search. Nobody, because they... you come to find out that he's been lying about the whole thing. Kirby Enterprises is actually a Kirby paint and tile store. Yeah, he's a fucking, like, plumber. Or he's, no, he's like a interior designer or some yeah, shit. He, he sells, like, home improvement. Bathroom fixtures? Yeah, he, he sells home improvement fixtures. And he doesn't have any money, which I don't know how he hired the mercenaries, but he doesn't have any money. He's been lying about everything. They're a divorced couple. And they're just they're bumbling. It's terrible. Like he's just lying about everything. He doesn't understand anything. Uh, they're very weak characters. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, terrible characters. And uh, yeah, th- and they just seem so out. Not even out of their element, but just dumb. Like more dumb than any person should be in this situation. Yeah. So they find the parachute, the, par- the parachute, um, yes. and they also find a camera, which is interestingly enough that. 
the the camera battery's dead, so Michael Jeter's like, "Hang on a second. And he takes like double A's out of his flashlight to battery the power camera. the camera. Like that doesn't that's not how it works. You not even in two thousand one. You and I both have worked with cameras. That is not, <laughs> not how that works. A single camera has yeah. ever run on like a double A battery. <laughs> Whatever. Um. So they see the footage of like the the crash, and they realize, oh, he got away. Maybe he's still alive. Let's continue searching. So they run into some raptor eggs, man. And the this scariest whole part of the movie. Plot, this <laughs> fucking raptor eggs, my friend. So Billy, uh, Alan's right hand man, he's played by this guy named Alessandro Nivola, and we haven't seen him since because he is just an unlikable presence. Oh, he's so bad. In <laughs> I don't this movie. like him. He's really I don't. bad in this movie. And like, so he and I wonder, did he have this plan the entire time? I think he explains this in the movie. I can't remember, but. Uh, this is after they've just been lied to and they realize that they're not getting the funding for their dig. He sees the raptor eggs. He steals the raptor eggs thinking, I can sell these, make a profit, and fund our research. Because, again, it wouldn't be a Jurassic Park movie without someone trying to smuggle some shit off of an island. Exactly. So, at But this, you don't know this. You don't right, know that he's, right. he's stealing the eggs. But you do. Everyone knows he does. Like, there's this whole yeah. MacGuffin of the movie, What's in the Bag? We know it's fucking eggs. Let's yeah. just... And why And why Alan has this weird, like, I have to hold on to the bag thing? Like, it, it's his bag. I don't... Like, this is just a plot point that's stretched out for nothing. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, though. We, you're true. true. And, uh, so they're walking around, and they find this uh, dinosaur facility, or this old research facility... They go in there and they're looking around and they come into this old cloning room and there's like these floating weird fetus dinosaur fetuses in yep. Yep. typical like formaldehyde s- yeah. yeah yeah typical science lab abandoned and, laboratory and so uh Mrs. Kirby is looking at them and she stops at this one with a with a raptor head in it and it's just floating there and it's like wow that's crazy. That's a dinosaur. And then the eyes move. And you realize it's a real raptor. The raptor was posing behind a freaking tube of formaldehyde to trick a person into thinking it was a disembodied head. When we say that she's stopping and looking at it, it's a solid 20 seconds of her staring down this what she believes is a dead suspended raptor head before the eye finally twitches and moves at her. What is it? What are we supposed to pre-propose that these raptors are capable of? I know they're smart. This, this movie demands that you you buy into the idea that raptors were the smartest living things on this planet. The reality of the situation, because the raptors are billed as like these like eight-foot-long, giant killing machines. They were about the size of chickens. Dude, the, the more science that come out about dinosaurs, the sadder I get. The because, more disappointing Oh, Jurassic my gosh, dude. Every single thing they come out with. Raptors actually had feathers, and they were small like birds, and dinosaurs don't actually growl or roar. They actually, like, squawk, and it's like, God damn it, I yeah, want dinosaurs God. to look like this. Yeah, I mean, just leave leave dinosaurs out of it <laughs> so there's this whole run around and uh kind of stalking the the uh raptors are stalking the characters throughout this stupid facility wind up like lock pinning them behind a door at one point does anything come of this zach uh no the only thing that you learn is that the dinosaur starts squawking and Dr. Alan Grant, in a one of several thousand Zoom close-ups... Yeah, if you want to get hammered, take a shot every time someone says something dramatic and the camera slowly zooms into their yeah. face. But anyway, Dr. Alan Grant learns that uh, they're communicating. He's calling he's, for help. He's calling for help. Oh! They run oh. Away. Yeah, they run away, and Dr. Grant ends up getting separated by everybody. 
um, Michael Jeter gets killed and used as bait by the Raptors. It's, <laughs> it's stupid. awesome. They shove his like giant toenail into his back. Yeah, and, like, paralyze like, him. Or something. Paralyze <laughs> him, and then they go down to get him and. They trip and almost get eaten by raptors because they were waiting for them to come get the body. Yeah, now they're all waiting up in the trees, and they made a trap. They actually made a trap. But so Dr. Grant is separated, and just when he gets surrounded by about four or five raptors... The writers save him by uh, having the kid come in <laughs> with these goddamn smoke grenades out of nowhere. Uh, this kid, by the way, has been on this island for how long? I eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks. Eight weeks, and he's alive and well. And he's kicking ass and well taking fed. names. Yeah, he's suddenly bad. As he's supposed to be twelve in this movie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, so he saves Alan. He takes him back to this little bunker that he's been living in, um, and which is filled with like Nestle Crunch bars because he's been raiding the van, uh, the uh, vending machines. Product placement oh, is a fun yeah, thing. And yeah, he's got a whole bunch of weird shit there, like T Rex piss. And he asks, like, "How'd you get that?" And he's like, "Oh, you don't want to know. I really want to know. Oh, it's How such a did it's you su- get that?" Yeah, that's gross. It's such a bad back and forth. Um, t- really quick, do you think uh, Eric goes on our list? Eric of terrible- absolutely goes right. in there. Eric, write it down. Eric is on our list of terrible male child protagonists or young male protagonists. Oh man, uh, uh, so- I don't think he's a top seed, but he's definitely there. He's definitely there. Like I said, maybe he's a bench warmer, but he's he's on the team. For right. sure. Yeah, he might be a reserve. We'll, we'll we'll look into it. So this satellite phone that's been kind of, you know, dropping in and out of this movie. <laughs> so I say that because the volume of this like uh, phone varies throughout the movie because he can apparently hear this at this point. From, I, I don't know, however far away this phone is. But what we were later revealed to is that the phone was eaten by the Spinosaurus. So it's inside the Spinosaurus. So he's hearing this through the skin of the, the dinosaur, however far away he is. He runs out to this clearing where he finds his family on the other side of this, like, military industrial grade fencing. And uh, the dad then starts to hear it as well. And they're like, oh... That's my phone. Where is it? And then he says, well, the last time I had it, I gave it to this guy who was eaten by the dinosaur. They turn around, and it's actually a pretty badass shot of the dinosaur just, like, staring at them, waiting. It's a badass shot, but I – so my issue with that is that in the first two movies – a Tyrannosaurus Rex couldn't walk. Sneak up it. Yeah, couldn't up on sneak everybody. up on anybody because it would pound the ground and all the, you know, dramatic puddle shots. Yeah. But that, but this, this animal that's ten around. times bigger than it, yeah, sneaks up on them. I don't buy it. No, and so then you hear the phone ring again. Which, how, oh, dude, like whoever hears this magical goddamn phone is beyond me. But so the thing starts chasing them, and there's a very conveniently placed hole in the siding of the fence where they escape. But guess what? It doesn't matter because the dinosaur just breaks through the entire fencing anyway. If he could have done that earlier, he probably would have. But we're then forced to believe that the characters can hold off the dinosaur once he tries to break in through this like metal door. It's yeah. just a facility. He just broke through. It's just giant got like metal fencing. Yeah, it's just got like a giant lock bar on it. Yeah, so they lock a bunch of locks and boom, done. Oh, threat oh, evaded. Good. Awesome. So this is when you discover that uh Billy has stolen the raptor eggs because Dr. Grant has his backpack. And this is by the way two Jurassic Park movies in a row where someone has a lucky bag. <laughs> yeah, that's also correct. That's really um, weird. Weird thing that they to accomplish in these movies but so he's like can i have my bag and he's like no i got it he's like no 
give me back the bag. It's not safe. Yeah, and he's like, what's in here? Opens it up. It's the raptor eggs. And he, he gives it to him. He's oh, like, you're yeah. worse than the fucking people who built this yeah, place. Yeah, you're no worse than the people who built this place. And it's like, dude. You might as well bag tag him and like, yeah, <laughs> like spit on him. Like, Damn. he really treats this guy like shit. But so this leads into uh, one of your favorite scenes. Dude, it's the goddamn pterodactyl. So... They get out this it's a basically a giant bird cage and it's all like covered in fog so you can't see much. There's this one shot where this pterodactyl's walking down a hallway with this giant spear tip wings coming at you like fucking Jason Voorhees through the fog and it's just insane like they it's the rest of the scene it's like 10 minutes long. In fact, I think it's the largest like action sequence of the film and yeah. it's my least favorite because I, I one the, the pterodactyls were my least favorite of the dinosaurs and two I, I just don't care about any of these people at all no absolutely not but it, it you know it's this whole sequence we won't get into details but uh billy ends up saving eric with the parachute that he for some reason took we don't know why he took the parachute probably just to redeem himself once he stole bastard eggs um <laughs> but eventually he ends up in the water and i guess like stabbed to death essentially by the pterodactyl yeah or at least you're led to believe that that he's technically um, yeah so technically he was supposed to die at that point but he protested to the director and made him like have a little scene at the end that he's okay yeah i'm what? not even joking yeah. i hate this this guy <laughs> that's why he's unemployed no, right Billy there he should have died yeah he like, absolutely should have died okay what so then there's this whole battle with the Spinosaurus in the river because they, after they, you know, escape the pterodactyls, this really comes to nothing. Uh, except for the fact that you think Billy's dead. So you, they leave there, they float down the river for fucking ever, and the thing I've always wondered about in Jurassic Park films, they've done this in every single movie so far, is whenever you're first introduced to the island, you never see any of the bad dinosaurs. There's never a part where they don't want you to see the di- like the, the 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 villainous dinosaurs you yeah. know the car- the carnivorous ones every single time you see any dinosaurs just like chilling it's always like you they're know herbivores they're nonviolent yeah. yeah they're essentially cattle yeah um, yeah no exactly and so they're floating down this river until they get to uh, i guess it's nightfall at this point right yeah starts pouring out and uh they get this little river battle with the spinosaurus <laughs> yeah and so they're you know the spinosaurus has torn apart their boat and dr grant get they end up finding in dinosaur poop because again it wouldn't be a Jurassic Park movie without ripping through dinosaur poop um he gets the satellite phone back and he tries to call Ellie and Ellie's terrible son i'm going to i'm just going to preface this children are terrible people they really are <laughs> this kid is no different um he he gets on the phone, and he's like, it's the dinosaur. Meanwhile, they're yeah. almost getting eaten by a dinosaur. He's like, it's a dinosaur, man. Get your mom. And so he goes to get the phone to his mom, and he gets distracted watching Barney. <laughs> yeah, Barney's playing, and he's just like, oh, shit. What's this going on? Very poetic. Um, so eventually he gets on the phone with Ellie and gets out a few words of just nonsense. The river. Yeah. That's all he says. He's really all he says is, like, the river. He doesn't even tell her what island he's on. He's... Because he hasn't discussed the plans. No, he has not. I don't think he's. If he has, it's not addressed on camera. He has not told anybody that he's going to Isla Sorna. Basically, this boils down to is how this film resolves is impossible. There's no way she knows where he is. There's no coordinates that she's given. It's an ex machina, like deuce ex machina. Like it comes out of nowhere, and it's really poorly written. So. Through this weird thing, so the I guess they the Spinosaurus the fire. Yeah, the yeah. Spinosaurus bit into the gas tank of the boat. There's gasoline in the water, and they shoot a flare gun at it, 
and it lights up the water, scares off the dinosaur. Everybody survives. Everyone's happy. They continue to move down river, and they're ambushed once again by raptors. Yeah, so and they're circled. Yeah, they're circled, but they have the eggs, and they're like, just give them back the eggs. And so they lay the eggs down, and Dr. Grant also inside that bag finds this little 3D printer... Raptor uh, skull, right? Well, it's so it's the vocal chamber inside of a <laughs> velociraptor that they've built in it with a 3D printer, and he blows into it like a conch shell. Yeah, and, and we're, again, these are the smartest creatures on earth, and they're watching this asshole blow into a horn, and for some reason they're like, "Hang on a second, is he one? Is he one of us?" <laughs> yeah, it confuses them or like oh! scares oh! scares them off or something like that. They pick up the the freaking eggs and just walk away. Yeah, literally, they just he picks up one egg and then his homie comes over and picks up the other and they run away. Which I'm a little peeved about and it's something I'm thinking of just now. This is the least number of people the Raptors have killed in any of the Jurassic Park movies. They killed one person. They killed Michael, Michael Jeter. Jeter. Yeah. And that was it. The, the Raptors do essentially nothing in this movie. So this is what I'll say and this is also what I'll say about Jurassic World because it does the same thing is... I can't stand when movies like when original movies they set these things up as villains and then by the Jurassic World they're working with the fucking main character which I'll I'll, I'll agree very dumb Ugh. but uh, but this one as well they they really de-villainize these things by not trying to humanize them but just trying to be like oh they just want their eggs man they're not killing but they're machines. just animals, they're just animals trying to protect their own yeah whatever no they'd have eaten the shit out of those yeah. people but uh, so yeah they run off and the fucking military navy seals everyone comes charging up on the shore because apparently ellie gave them the location for where they all were i don't know how yeah um don't know how don't know how they found them but they're rescued Dude. doesn't matter what the hell happens to the Spinosaurus? Did they plan on shooting an actual ending with that? Because not, it's the not big bat. Can you imagine at the end of like I don't know a Halloween movie if Michael Myers was set on fire, he gets up and like walks away, and then not even like not even addressed, not a single shot, not anyone talking about or mentioning. Like well, he just goes away. That's supposed to be their final encounter. Yeah, and then like, you get another. You get the Raptor scene after that. It's like who was supposed to be the? Bi- I don't understand. What are you trying to tell me, dude? This whole movie. And that, and by the way, that's the end of the movie. Pretty much, Billy lives. Yeah, yeah they um, get. On, yeah, Billy fucking lives somehow. They get terrible. on the plane, and then they see the ter- rather than the seagulls or pelicans that they see in the first movie flying away. They see pterodactyls yeah. flying off to and they're just the mainland. Like, oh, they'll figure it out. Which is not addressed also in Jurassic World. That would have at all like life shattering alter like uh, yeah. repercussions. Like crazy movie. Not so. Th- my problem with this movie is that it doesn't feel like a Jurassic Park movie. The other two, like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, they had this element of, like, we're doing something wrong, we're doing something we shouldn't be doing, these are animals, very scientific, like Michael Crichton. This movie just feels like scene-to-scene dinosaur action movie. Yeah. And it sucks, man. It, it does. sucks. This movie's terrible. It is. This is this is one of those movies that I remember a lot liking this movie as a kid. And uh, it, you're right. It's just mindless action scene after the next. And they're not even orchestrated that well. And so it's not even like a guilty pleasure action movie that you can really like turn on and have fun with. It's it's. It's really forgettable, and like yeah. you can easily get distracted if you're just chatting with someone. It's something that's kind of hard to hold your attention, which is strange because it's fucking dinosaurs. And dinosaurs, which is what I'll say with Jurassic World, it gets me by. Like Dinosaurs are just like a fun enough and entertaining enough topic that even if the shit around them is bad, I'm still entertained by dinosaurs. Right. Well, and that 
that's something that I always say to to people who have not seen Jurassic Park. You don't see a lot of people who have not seen Jurassic Park, but anybody who's never seen any of the movies, I usually tell them, watch the first two and maybe just stop there. Yeah, this was uh, this was a little disappointing of a rewatch. I, I have seen this one within the last probably 10 years or so, so it wasn't I, shocking I'd seen or anything this like one. that. They were all on Netflix uh, not too long ago, and I actually watched all three of them. So I've actually seen this movie fairly recently, and rewatching it again last night didn't, I mean, didn't change my opinion of it. It's the same pretty terrible movie that I remember. Um, But so because we want to touch on a couple other things before we wrap up, why don't we just talk about uh, your overall final thoughts on the movie and what you would rate it? So Jurassic Park 3, it's definitely the worst of the series in my book. It's far worse than Jurassic World, I also believe. Um, But at the same time, it still has dinosaurs. And uh, there are a few action sequences that are at least kind of fun. Um, There are... There are some great shots and there there are some great moments that remind you like why this series is exciting and and why it's fun to watch. And as a kid, I think, again, going back, if I were to watch this again as a kid, I'd like it again. Because as a kid, you're all you're interested in is just like watching. Like as a kid, Jurassic Park, I think the first one might be a little slow for that first hour. because It's all just very heady you know, thoughtful, intellectual stuff that you're really dealing with for that first part. This movie is the opposite, and I feel like they were just like, let's get to the dinosaurs as quick as possible, and it's it's a brisk, what, 90, it's 92 minutes it's long. It's a pretty short the first, movie, yeah. first one's two hours, the second one's like two and a half. Like, yeah. these aren't movies that are, are short, and this one, you can tell, was really just, like, on the fast track to kind of dumb blockbuster filmmaking. So what was the Rotten Tomatoes score? So it was a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. I'm not going to go too crazy low. I, I'm going to go with a 40. I think it's, I think I, I'd watch it again. It's a movie that I, I, I will watch again at some point. And it's a movie that I'd show my kid just if I had a son or something that was just interested in watching some dumb dinosaur action. Like, it's no worse than walking with dinosaurs or one of those like shows you'd see on like the discovery channel just with zero intellectual like uh, yeah. education and just maximum dumb dinosaur action i'm i'm actually um i'm gonna be right there with you i think a 40 is probably a perfect score for me it, it there's not a lot to it and it's tough to even compare this movie to the other jurassic park movies because it's just not like and and by the other ones i mean the first two yeah um I, it's just it's got a different feel to it. It's got a different pace to it. Um, they don't really try and pay respect to the first two movies, which is fine, I guess. But you got to come out with something a little bit stronger than this. But at the same time, you're right. It's a movie that I don't mind watching. Um, there's things that I watch in it that I really enjoy. Some things that make me laugh because of how bad it is. Yep. But but other than that, uh, uh, there's way worse movies out there. So. And, I think 40 is probably accurate. Is Jurassic World worse? Yes. You think it's a worse movie? I than think this? Jurassic World is a Get worse movie than Jurassic Dude, Park 3. I said it on the podcast. It's Jurassic on the record Park for everybody 3, to just know. Pick, just Jurassic Park 3. You start there. You just add Chris Pratt, better visual effects, and that's Jurassic World. Like, it's not a better movie written wise, it's not a better, better movie story or plot point. It's just got Chris Pratt, who's a better lead, and it's got better visual effects. That's it. Jurassic World is specifically why we do a podcast like this. It is just a movie with so much, hey, remember when this happened? Like, stuffed into it, plus terrible CGI. The, the CGI in that movie... It's better than Jurassic Park 3. I don't think it, it is. is. It I don't 100% think it is. I think it's awful. I think it's really bad and, like, cartoony. I think it's 
really not a good film. I don't think the plot makes any sense. The dialogue is terrible. There's not a single likable character in that except for Chris Pratt. Jake Johnson's in there, dude. I don't. So what? <laughs> it is that it's movie not a worse movie than Jurassic Park? Go, go on YouTube right now. Pause the podcast. Go on YouTube and watch the clip at the very end where the T Rex and the Raptor defeat the Andromedus Rex, and then they have a moment where they stare at each other. And I swear to God, the T Rex like nods and walks away. Guess what? It wouldn't be any worse than a fucking Raptor waking up on an airplane saying your name. That's, a, <laughs> that's like a fever dream. Like I, I it doesn't matter, dude. I I buy that moment in that movie more than I buy the T Rex. Why didn't they tell like, him? Why didn't they tell him what they were? Why didn't they tell uh, you know the people what were in the 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 new dinosaur? It was because it was part raptor, right? Yeah. So they explained that, bro. <laughs> dude, no, that movie is absurdly bad. It's, it's, it's so it's absurd, bad. But dude, there's some cool action sequences. I'm, I'm going to say the action scenes in that movie are far and away better than the ones in this movie. I, I, that movie didn't scare me at all. Jurassic Park has scary elements uh, to it. Yeah, it's it's borderline course. a horror movie. Of course. It, it, the same with Jurassic Park 2. There's some scary moments in that. There's nothing scary about... You might as well be watching a Star Trek movie. Like a J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. It's terrible to okay, me. Okay, alright. Well, calm down. Okay? No! What I will say, regardless... Jurassic World's a better film than Jurassic World. It's not true. Let's move on. Uh, what are we? What are we getting into? Twenty percent for me. Twenty percent for me. Twenty uh, percent. Wait, that gets a twenty. Yeah. Wait, what did we do the other? You're giving it the same grade as Titan AE, or you're giving Titan AE a better grade? I'm giving Titan AE better grade than Jurassic. We got to stop this show. I'm yeah, just. I, that's yeah, got to be an things editing. are going. All right, things are getting heated. <laughs> things are getting. <laughs> things heated. are getting out of control. So next week, dude. Uh, next week it's going to be the end of summer. We're coming up on the dog days of summer. So yep. what better way to end it with? I know what you did last summer. 1997 horror. So this is also uh, kind of, Brandon and I teased this a few weeks ago, we're getting into this territory of movies, we're going to do a movie that I've never seen and a movie that Brandon's never seen. I've never seen I Know What You Did Last Summer. Very interesting. Uh, Have you seen Scream? Yes, I have seen Scream. Scream was uh, uh, written by Kevin Williamson, the guy went on to do Dawson's Creek. This was actually a script he did before Scream, but after Scream was so successful, they bought every fucking thing he ever did, which is why he did The Faculty. He did like 10 goddamn movies in 99, 98, or whatever, because of the success of Scream, and this one is just Scream light. I know. Well, I know this is like a very, I mean, Jennifer Garner is in it. No, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Excuse me, Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it. Um, I know this is like a staple '90s movie, so yeah. I'm excited to watch it. Good news, and man. it's going to be our first horror movie that we've done. That's right. Um, so this this should be an interesting watch. I'm really pumped. Yeah, we've got an interesting lineup ahead. We've already set it up though, so stay tuned because there's going to be some good stuff on the horizon. Like we said, we're going to touch on a few movies that either one or both of us haven't seen, and then we'll get right back to the standard, uh, you know, typical movies that we love to grow up with. But we just want to mix up the uh, mix up the show a little bit. Yeah, we're getting close to 10 episodes, so we're just going to try mixing it up a little bit. Every once in a while. So, yeah, man, thanks for subscribing. We're still we're on iTunes now. Yep, we are on iTunes, um, so you can listen to us there. You can listen to us on a couple other podcasting apps that actually, I think, feed off of iTunes. As always, you can subscribe to the entire show by uh, going to nbd.podbean.com and uh, just... Keep listening, keep sharing, and uh, keep commenting on what you'd like us to cover. Rate and review us because it helps, guys. It does. Every little uh, ounce of just even playing the episode helps. So we appreciate everybody who's been listening for us. Um, 
Uh, so we got a great lineup coming up. I'm going to try and get in all the episodes. Um, I have started college now. I just met my roommate Luke at Harvard. Um, Luke's okay. He's like, I don't know. He's fine. The The real cool thing that I've done is I met this guy named Garth. Hang on. What's his name? Garth. Okay. Garth wants me to pledge his frat, dude. It's oh, going to be sweet. of course he does. Yeah. Dude, that's, that spells bad news. Right, Garth well, is bad yeah. news. Why don't you just go ahead and keep your judgments You ever seen yourself? the movie Goat? All about fraternity hers no, hazing, I rather? No, I haven't. You're in for a fucking trip, bro. I can't wait. Garth is a cool guy. He seems nice. And, yeah, you uh, wait until you wake up with your ass shaved and... All right, well, we'll see, and just want to remind you that I'm doing this uh, to defend us. No, you're not doing this to defend us. You're doing this for your ego. We've no, all known that you've wanted so. to be a Harvard grad. I don't think so. Yes. Whatever. All right, that's going to do it for us. <laughs> no, don't, don't start with me. It, folks, if you want to have a good uh, end to your week, though, do us a favor on YouTube. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's laugh from Jurassic Park. Because it'll just put you in a good mood. Yeah, and actually, I think I, I heard a remix song with that, so maybe that's how we'll end this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Nostalgia Be Damned. Bye. Bye! <laughs>